All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalms 83. Psalms chapter 83, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may, may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. Then notice with me down in verse number 12, who said, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. Verse 13, O oh my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind, as the fire burneth a wood, and as the flame setteth the mountain on fire. So persecute them with thy tempest, and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish. Then notice verse 18. That men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll take the message now, speak to hearts. God, may you be glorified. May you be magnified. May the church be edified. Help us, Lord, that we may look to you now. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to preach a few minutes out of verse number 18, the last verse of this psalm, where the Bible says that men may know, amen, that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah. And I want to preach a few minutes on this thought on, may the, on what the world needs to know. What the world needs to know. You see, when you come to Psalms chapter number 83, uh, Asaph uh, has a petition here for divine help and describes the violence of Israel and their enemies. He prays for deliverance in this chapter and then that God may show himself supreme in the closing verses of this chapter. He talks about in the first eight verses here the plot against Israel. As we know that there was 10 confederate nations uh, that are listed in this psalm here uh, that turns against the nation of Israel. He talks about their iniquity in verses 1 through 4 and describes the grief that inflicted Israel by their enemies. He talks about the cruelty and the craftiness of, of Israel's foes and how that they were always conspiring against the nation of Israel. He talks about their identity as he begins to name in verses 5 down to verse number 8 these 10 nations here that plan to wipe out Israel as the Bible said in verse number 4 uh, that their name uh, would be no more in remembrance and so uh, he describes the plot that is against Israel in these first 8 verses here and then there's this petition by Israel as they uh, pray the Bible talks about uh, concerning those nations there if you go down to verse number 13 uh, where we have uh, read in this text here that as the psalmist begins to petition God God concerning uh, these nations that have turned against him. Uh, he talks to God about it and he pours his heart out in verse 13 and said, oh my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind. In other words, he said, Lord, uh, just blow them away uh, like the dust. Make them as the chaff uh, in the wind. He says in verse 14 that God prays that God would consume them with fire. As he says, as the fire burneth a wood and as the flame setteth a mountain on 
consuming fire. He talks about in verse 15 and asked that God would terrify them. As he said, so persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. He prays in verse 16 and down to verse number 18 that shame and disgrace would come upon them, that God would make them fail in all that they do, uh, that they would learn that God alone uh, is, is in charge and that he is the most high. As he said in verse 16, fill their faces with shame that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish. And so uh, when you come to this psalm here, uh, the psalmist simply uh, teaches us in these 18 verses here, as he looks back in the first eight verses of, of the uh, viciousness of Israel's foes, uh, and then he talks about the vanquishing of Israel's foes uh, in verse number seven down to verse number uh, 12 there as he talks about the, time, the days of, of Gideon and the days of Barak and, and Deborah, how that God brought victory uh, to the nation of Israel. And he closes this psalm here uh, talking about the victory over uh, Israel's foes. Now, now, what is the purpose of all of this uh, as the psalmist looks at, at the present trouble that Israel is facing as he praises God for the past victories that Israel has given here? It all comes down to the last verse of this psalm uh, that we have read tonight. He said that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. You see, as the psalmist is praying here, uh, as he is looking to God, uh, he is praying to God for a purpose, amen? In verse 16, that purpose is that their faces would be filled with shame and that they may seek the name, uh, thy name, O Lord. In other words, that men would fall on their face and be ashamed uh, trying to overthrow and overcome and realizing that God and God alone is in charge. He prays here uh, not only for a purpose, but he praises, uh, prays that uh, God would be praised in verse 18, that Jehovah would be lifted up and that his name would be praised above all other names. And so when we come to this psalm here tonight, uh, we notice that the purpose is that all men in verse 18 may know. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject on what the world uh, uh, needs to know or what all men need to know. Well, according to this psalm here tonight, there is uh, four things that I want you to see that all the world needs to know, that all men need to know. Number one, I want to say that all men or all the world needs to know who's praying. Amen? And when I say that, in particular, when you come to verse number one, uh, down to verse number eight, uh, we find here that Israel is praying. The psalmist is seeking God. And the world needs to know who's praying tonight. I mean, we could stop and say the Buddhists pray and we could say tonight that the Catholics pray. Uh, but can I tell you tonight that, uh, listen, the Muslims are praying, but uh, the Mormons are praying tonight. But they're praying to a God that, or to gods that are dead. They're praying to gods that have no life and they have no ability. They have hands, but they cannot feel. And they have eyes, but they cannot see. And they have ears, but they cannot hear. But when we come to verse number one, the world needs to know who is really praying tonight. Because the psalmist is not praying to a dead God, but the psalmist is praying to the God, to a living God. The same God that you and I pray to tonight is the same God that Israel, that they pray to. They pray to God Almighty and 
to this God that the psalmist is praying to in verse one. He said, keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult. Uh, they that hate thee have lifted up thy head. They have taken crafty counsel. Notice this against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. You see, just as they hate the nation of Israel then, they hate the nation of Israel today. But God still loves the Jew. Isn't that right? And God still cares for the Jew. And God has promised to take care of Israel. He's promised to take care of his people. He made a covenant with them in the Old Testament and he's gonna keep that covenant with them today. And just as God has promised to take care of them, God has promised to take care of you and he's promised to take care of me. And the world needs to know just as Israel prayed to God in the Old Testament and they pray to God today and as God's ears is open unto them, may I say God's ears is open unto the church. He's open unto the child of God. And just as the psalmist is praying, a prayer of defense, he's praying that God would come to their rescue and come to their aid. You and I can do that same thing today. I want to tell you, child of God, don't lose hope. Don't live in defeat and don't live in despair. The same God that defended them is the same God that will defend you and I. The same God that run to their rescue and run to their aid will run to our rescue and aid tonight. The same God that comforted them and the same God that cared for them and the same God that walked with them is the same God that'll comfort you and I. Thank God he'll care for you and I. He's the same God that will walk with you and I if we'll cry out to him. You see the psalmist here prays in faith. He prays believing in these verses here that God is gonna run ready to his rescue and to his defense that God is going to defend him and his nation against all these other nations. Uh, and listen, Israel is outnumbered in this text here. Uh, there's more that hates Israel than there is that loves Israel. And can I tell you, child of God, uh, we're outnumbered in this world. There's more that is turned against us. Uh, there is more that is against the child of God. But I'll tell you, even though the odds were stacked against Israel, even though it looked like they had no, she had no defense uh, and she had no hope, uh, the psalmist still believed uh, that God was able to take care and to rescue and to defend and can I tell you God is able to rescue and God is able to defend us he's able to help us and even though we're outnumbered I'm glad to report that God will be there to help us in our time of need amen and Israel listen is praying in this text here and you know the story that time and time again God defended her against her foes and time and time again God gave her the victory and child of God, he'll do the same for you and I today. The world needs to know in 2020 who's praying. And can I tell you who's praying? And when I say that, who's getting their prayers answered? I'm talking about uh, those that pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, we're living in a day when, uh, listen, you pray a prayer in Jesus' name and it upsets this world. Amen. They don't mind you blessing God. They don't mind you praying to God. But when you mention the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you're identifying 
yourself. You're separating yourself from all the other gods of this world. But can I tell you, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's the only name that we are to pray. The Bible said in Psalms, or Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm telling you, the world needs to know who's praying and getting their prayers answered. Amen. I'm talking about, friend, as the child of God in this hour, and I want to encourage you, if there's ever been an hour to pray for our nation, pray for our president, pray for those who are in leadership, pray for our churches, amen. Pray for our children, pray for this generation. It's the hour we're living in right now. Child of God, the world needs to know. They need to see us as Christians on our knees, amen. While they're protesting, we need to be praying. While they're marching in the streets, we need to be on our knees marching in the throne room of God and seeking God's face and coming boldly to the throne of grace and mercy and receiving our requests or giving our requests before God. I'm talking about, friend, we have access. We have, we have the answer, amen. The answer is seeking God and the world needs to know who's praying, amen. And then secondly, the world in verses nine down to verse number 12, they need to know who's prevailing, amen? You see, when you get to verse number six here, he begins to mention names, amen? He talks about Edom, and he talks about the Ishmaelites and Moab, and he talks about, listen, in verse seven, he mentions Gebel and Amnon and Amalek and the Philistines and Tyre. In verse eight, he talks about Asher, and he talks about the children of Lot and in Caesarea, and he talks about Jabin and Kaisan and Endor, and he mentions Oreb and Zeba, and Zeba, and he talks about, listen, all these nations here, and he reflects back to the days of Deborah and Barak at the time of Judges in chapter number four. And he talks about Gideon in Judges chapter number six. And he talks about these nations that, that went against the nation of Israel, but God gave the victory, amen. And can I tell you, that's the God that we serve. He will take care of you. He has promised the victory for me and you. And no matter how dark this world gets, no matter how many enemies turn against the church turn against the nation of Israel. I'm glad I can say tonight in 2020 we are on the winning side. God will prevail in the end. He will have his way. He will have his will. He'll do what he promised. He'll keep every covenant. He'll keep every promise he's ever made. He'll not have one casualty. He'll not lose one victim in the pro or one person in the process. He will thrust out the enemy. He will squash out the foe. God will win in the end, friend because that's who he is. And I wanna to say tonight I'm thankful. This world needs to know we're on the winning side. If you're saved tonight, you ought not hang your head in this world. You ought to hold it up. I'm not talking about uh, being proud and arrogant, but I'm talking about, friend, we ought to hold our head up in this world and realize that there's nothing this world can say or do that's going to cause us to lose. Uh, I'm glad the Bible tells us uh, uh, that God will take care of you tonight. And when I see here is that what the world needs to know is who's praying. Amen, that's the child of God. 
The world needs to know who's prevailing tonight. You know who that is? That's we that are saved. God is going to give us the victory. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 57 said, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad there's victory in Jesus, that old song we sing. Uh, there's victory in serving God. Uh, be faithful, child of God. Just carry on uh, and keep on, keep it on. God will give you the victory, amen. And the psalmist believed that. The psalmist knew that he had saw past victories as he talks about here. And he knew that it would encourage him and encourage others that what God did in the past, he'll do it again in the future. And I want to say God is going to give us the victory, amen. The world needs to know who's praying. The world needs to know who's prevailing. And then the world needs to know who's powerful tonight. Look at verse 13. He said, oh my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind. Let them be like dust, as I mentioned before, that just blows away like the chaff in the wind. He said, as the fire burneth a wood and as the flame setteth a mountain on fire. He said, God, let them just burn up, amen. Let them see who's all powerful, amen. I'm gonna tell you the uh, all powerful is not, my friend, the, the superpowers of this world, including America. Uh, all powerful is not the kings of this world uh, and not the generals or the armies of this world. Uh, I'm gonna tell you the Bible is clear. Uh, the psalmist is praying, Lord, show them your power, amen. That's what the world needs to see. Sinners need to see that tonight. You know where they're going to see that power? They're not going to see it in a weapon of warfare. They're going to see it in the light of this world. That's the church. I encourage you tonight, child of God, we as a church, we need to be marching forward in power. We don't need to be cold. We don't need to be satisfied. We don't need to be complacent. But as the people of God, we need, to, we need to be powerful. We need to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. If we'll do that, God's power rests on the church and God's power rests on his people and the world will take note just like they did the, with the apostles that, that we have been with Jesus, amen? That was the, that's always been the testimony of the church uh, when the church has power. Hey, sinners will know that. The world will take note of that. You can't stop the church uh, and listen as hard as they may try. I've got news for them. There's always gonna be a Bible thumping crowd. There's always going to be a crowd that's standing for the truth and preaching what's right. In the book of Acts, every time persecution came on the church, you know what the Bible would say? The church would be persecuted and the church would scatter, but the Bible would say the word of God grew and it multiplied. Amen? And no matter how hard the devil tried, he couldn't snuff out the church. He could go against the church. He could, he could persecute the church, but you know what would happen? It would just spread like wildfire. And listen, revival would break out and persecution has always been what a tool that God has used to, to, to cause the church to thrive and to go forward and listen it would reveal the power of God amen and the psalmist believed that he said in verse number 15 so persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm God don't need a missile he don't need an M16 he don't need a grenade. He don't need an army. He don't need a tank. He don't need a weapon of this world. God, through his mighty power of nature, God, through his mighty power of his word, can shake the very foundation of men. God, just, 
by the very thought of his own mind could, could split this earth and in a thousand different directions with a mighty earthquake or God can, can destroy a nation just by the winds of his own fist of a hurricane or a mighty tornado. He can, can scatter the, the hillsides and scatter the prairie land and God can, can wipe out the nations just by, the, the, just by his own word, just by his own nature. God can, can, can cause the, the valley to descend and can separate the waters of this world and God can flood this earth and set it afire and show men who's really in charge and who is all powerful and the world needs to know who is powerful. Friend, we gotta take that message to this world. We gotta tell this world who God is, who, how powerful he is. The world needs to know who's praying. That needs to be me and you. The world needs to know who's prevailing. That's the church. That's, that's the people of God. The world needs to know who's powerful. That's God himself. Then I want to say this. The world needs to know who's praised. Look what the psalmist said in verse 18. That men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. You see, the psalmist says, God, when you get through with this outfit, they're going to be on their face. They're going to be ashamed. And they're going to know that God, that Jehovah, is all-powerful. The world despises the nation of Israel. And that's what Psalms 83 is really about. We can make application to the church and to our life. The world despises the church just as they despise. The reason for that is they hate God and they hate His Son. And the church is the bride of Christ. And, and we know that God said that, yea, I've loved thee, talking about the nation of Israel with an everlasting love. And the world hates God, hates his son, hates the bride, hates the, hates the, the nation of Israel. But one day, there is coming a day when the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of God. The whole world will look and they'll know that Jehovah rules and reigns in this earth. And may I say, he, he reigns tonight, but the world is, is ignorant to that. There's coming a day when the Bible says that the whole world is going to magnify him. We'll enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We'll lift his name up. We'll magnify his name. The world will pay homage and they'll give honor to the king, eternal, immortal, and invisible. His son will sit upon the throne and God will be praised. And what a day that's going to be. We'll sing his praises in the heavens. and They'll sing his praises here upon earth and they'll magnify his name for 1,000 years. And, and listen, God will show this, this world and he'll raise Israel up and he'll magnify that little nation and it will be the capital of the entire world and they will look to Israel. And Israel will be the superpower of this world as Christ rules and reigns and shows his majesty that men may know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah. Friend, tonight we have a responsibility as the, ch the child of God, as the church, to take the gospel. You say, preacher, I can't change the world. No, but you can walk across the street and I can walk across the street and we can change your life by showing them, by giving them the gospel. They need to know these same things. They need to know that we're praying. They need to know that God is going to win in the end, that the church is going to prevail, that they don't have to be on the side of darkness. They can step into the light. They can be on the winning side. They need to know who's all powerful. They need to know the difference between the false gods of this world that have no power at all to change their life. 
they need to know about the one God, the true God, the only God, the Bible says here, that can save them, deliver them, and change them forever. Amen? And they need to know who's praised. We need to magnify him, not just in church. And I think we ought to worship him in church, but we ought to magnify his name in the streets. Amen? The reason we don't praise him like we used to in the sanctuary is because we don't praise him like we used to in the streets. Amen? You see, it's not enough just to come to church and shout and have a good time, and I like every bit of that, but we gotta carry his name to the street corners, and we get to the highways and the hedges, and we've gotta compel people. We've got to tell them that Jesus Christ is mighty to save. I'm gonna tell you, when the church had a burden for sinners and was going after sinners, that's when the church was on fire for God. They was coming in service after service us looking for God to do something, hoping that some sinner would walk the aisle. And when they had a burden, thank God they had the breath of God uh, flowing uh, and moving amongst the saints of God. I'll tell you, if we'll start praising him in the streets, uh, it won't be near as hard to praise him in the sanctuary. But the world, men needs to know who ought to be praised. And that's the Lord God Almighty. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to preach the word of God. I pray that you'll speak to hearts now. Take this message. Remind us, God, we need to be praying. Remind us, Lord, that we're going to prevail. We're going to win in the end. God, remind us that you're all powerful and that you're worthy to be praised. Lord, I pray that as we finish out a work week, God, that we'll do that, that we'll make it our goal to spend time in prayer. Lord, that we'll make it our goal to keep our head looking upward, knowing that we're going to win, to know that, God, that you have all power, that you're in charge today. God, help us to tell the world that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.